Yeah, you're really corn material. <laughs> Good evening. Welcome aboard the night train with Jeff and Henry. Sit back, relax, enjoy a cocktail and conversation, and we're going to be talking about the supernatural. Tonight, boys and girls, we're going to discuss more Civil War. On Wednesday, October 8th, 1862, a tranquil, beautiful day out in uh, Kentucky. Cannon sounds shattered the sounds of the farmland around this little village in Kentucky known as Perryville. Thousands and thousands of Union and Confederate soldiers feasted upon this field like there was no tomorrow. Honestly, it looked like it was the Confederates' last chance to gain possession of Kentucky. And did they? No. 7,600 soldiers, both blue and gray, fell to their deaths. They were wounded or missing. Perryville was a small little battlefield but it was the biggest and most destructive battle of, uh, of Kentucky. But what we're going to talk about is not the battle itself, is what happened after the battle, after the cannon ceased. So pray tell, what happened after the battle? Well, I know after, um, after the battle there were... Uh, 4,220 Union and 3,401 Confederates that uh, cat that were casualties. So in the total, there were 7,621 casualties in that battle. And of that number, 1,422 soldiers were killed in the battle, and 5,534 were wounded. They were just left there. So basically, this little village was turned into a major field hospital where Union and Confederate soldiers, were, their wounds were both being tended to. Think about it. You have a home. You're sitting there in Kentucky. You're on a farm. Your house is surrounded with the dead and dying. You've got blood dripping off the floors. To this day... Their bloodstains are still visible on the floors. Of That's bizarre. Well, I mean, blood's hard to, to clean if you don't have, like, modern-day uh, cleaning technology with bleach and, you know... Peroxide? Peroxide and maybe buffers that uh, can uh, scrub the floors. I don't know. I think these people just left it there as a testament to the destruction of humanity. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, it's for the, it's yeah memorial, almost. But all I can think of is around that house. It had to stunk. Yeah, well, you got to think. Lots of flies, especially. Oh. Ugh. Then the amputations that went on, piles and piles of legs, arms, hands. Ugh. Some of the legs were still booted. Yeah. I mean, they did. They just whacked them off. And, and, I mean, you I, learned, and you were awake. Yeah. So you know you was, got the screams was, and the agonies going on. It was, it was brutal. 
But the sad part about that is after the remnants, after the battle was over, the bodies that were just left out there. Yeah. Now, we're not talking a handful. A few thousand. Yeah. All in the mass grave. All on mass graves. Well, at the time, also, what I found out is at the time there was a severe drought in the region between the two armies. So it was hot, nasty, and there was a drought going on. And they were fighting over water. Yeah. Well, you know, we have to have water. You know, yeah, especially during the war. Gotta have water. So, you know, you got guys dying of dehydration and sickness by just drinking. And then if you, if they were probably so desperate, they just probably had a, you know, they were probably looking for like ponds to drink out of and then Anything. Dysent- dysentery. Right. Got no. to drink stagnant water and just, oh. Desperation. You know, it's just, it's odd how, even though we're human, you still need you need the water to survive. You have to. And they crawl to the rivers that I'm sure were almost blood red by the end of the day. Oh, yeah, they were. And then you were drinking that tainted blood, that tainted water. Mm-hmm. Well. You can only go a couple of days without water, by the time liquid. What happened was, after the battle was over with and the war came to an end, some of those soldiers that never went home and they were buried in mass graves still roam that little town. Yes, they do. There have been reports of people sitting in their bedrooms and a Confederate soldier will walk in. It'll be interesting. We're having conversations out in the yard with a Confederate soldier. Thinking he's a reenactor, but it's actually a the conf- dead. Yeah. And that has been reported. Yeah, it has. And they'll just disappear in front of you. Mm-hmm. Never be um, disconcerting. Well, I assume so. Instead of talking to talking to somebody that just fade away, you're like, wait a minute, you were just here. Where are you? There was that one Confederate soldier named Sam. Mm. Sam is well known in the town, isn't he? Yes, he is. And there was a resident that was actually talking to him out in the field. Yeah. Had a long conversation. I, I find it so bizarre that a, a spirit can become so corporeal that it is just there. I know. And it's like you and I talking. Then they just fade away. The horrors of it. But, unfortunately... The only way to put these thing, these people to rest is to pray over their graves. And hopefully that they can find peace. Hopefully they'll find the light and go to the light. But a lot of them haven't. I know. Well, it, but with battles and that's trauma. And a lot of Spirits hang around after traumatic events. It's PTSD, in a way. Yes, I know, for a ghost. Yeah, 
PTSD for... Um, it's like you'll never find peace. Yeah. And a fun fact is Perryville was the first battle for a young officer in the 24th Wisconsin. His name was Arthur MacArthur. How does that name sound familiar? That is General Douglas MacArthur's father. Yep. Yeah. I know my Arthur uh, later won the uh, Congressional Medal of Honor. Yep. So his dad fought in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He stayed in the Army, or to the rank of general. He was a general officer. Yeah, yeah, and only Arthur and Douglas are still the only father and son combination that have both won a Medal of Honor. Well, you know how Douglas won his when he left the Philippines. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt Award of the Medal of Honor. Okay. And that is okay. And so. So Perryville is also is a very haunted little town in Kentucky. There was, you know, the there's stories of like people sitting at their kitchen doing their dishes, and they look out and they see in the field that these great figures start appearing by their windows. Wearing kepis. Wearing what? Kepis. Or the the hats of the Civil War. Oh, okay. And when you have that happening, what are you going to do? Say hello. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we're having a reenactment. That would be my my first reaction. But you know it's not right. No, I've done Civil War reenacting too. And I can tell you one thing, though. It's just like, I'm not going to go tap on somebody's window and say hi in the middle of the night. No. Didn't um, one pair of ladies report that they were sitting at the, uh, was it the Bottoms House, the middle of the battlefield? Yes. And they were just having a conversation and enjoying themselves. And a Confederate soldier walked up to them and said, ladies... Your lamp's going to give our position away. You turned around and walked off? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's like, give away our position? So you're talking about living 1862 in 2022. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the 160th anniversary of that battle is coming up. I found out. Hmm. Yeah, the 160th anniversary of the Battle of Perryville is October 8th and 9th, 2022. 2020, 2022. This, this October. 160 years. And you know Kentucky is still hot in October. Is it? Well, it's relatively warm. Yeah, it's pretty warm. I went to, um, when I did basic training in at, uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky, and uh, advanced individual training in Kentucky, I mean, the winters were cold as balls, and the <laughs> the summer was hot as nuts. Cold as balls and hot as nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's like Paris Island in South Carolina is always hot. It didn't really start to chill until about February. Well, we're talking about that's down in um. South Carolina. Yeah. With the line across. Kentucky's not that far. 
Now, what I was really, what I found interesting about these stories is sometimes there'd be, could you just imagine sitting in your bedroom, working on your laptop, the door opens, and a soldier walks in, just stares at you. And you hear the clank of the heavy boots. And what can you do? Nothing. You know, I guess try to start, strike up a conversation. Yeah. Or from a refreshment. Yeah. Well, it's a ghost. I don't think it's going to take a refreshment. Well, you never know. Yeah, I do, because it's not a, a physical person. Are you a ghost? I mean, if you use common sense. <laughs> Are you a ghost? Are you a ghost? No, he's let me, not. Let me, let me poke you. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You're not a ghost. I guess you don't want to drink. Oh, just an just FYI. The high, the average high in October in Perryville is 66. That's comfortable. Comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, but you got to think, 1862, wool uniforms. Uh, hot. Hot. I have no idea what the temperature of the day was. Probably similar to what it is now. That's just what my guess. But I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, you figure that the Civil War uh, battles uh, more northern in the summer with them... That them hot uniforms on and everything and oof. Yeah, I know. Well, anyway, getting back to our stories. There's an entire town that there are countless ghosts. Yes, there are. So like Perryville, like one of the most haunted towns in the country or something like that. Or close to it, if not. Yeah. That's what they should have done on Ghostbusters too. Is a like a Ghostbusters and like a haunted um, towns with uh, <clears throat> battlefield soldiers in the Civil War. The ghost hunters and stuff. Yeah. I think some of the shows do that. Some of the um, ghost hunting shows do like they'll do like a pair during the reenactment to stir up the ghost. There are ways. But you got to think, I mean, they're going to use all their little devices that they have at hand. Of course they will. What do you expect? Also, by the way, we are having a casual cocktail today. Jeffrey, what are you drinking? Oh, just that new stuff that Paige brought home from um, Pittsburgh. What was that? That spiced rum? Yeah. We are having spiced rum... Because I am drinking it also over ice. And I thoroughly enjoy it. It is one of the best spice rooms you've ever put in your mouth. And I had to import it from Pittsburgh. 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 That one town called Pittsburgh. Yeah, that place. (laughs) (laughs) They got some good pretzels up there too called Pittsburgh pretzels. But yes, I discover these things and bring it home and they drink it. Don't leave me any, but they drink it. We like it. We leave you a taste. 
Uh-huh. And taste. <laughs> oh, that was good. Any more left? Nope. I'm like, jeez. <sighs> but yeah, I'm going to put a lock and key on some of these alcohols I bring home. Why don't you just put notes on it like you do the <laughs> bottles of wine? Don't drink this till Christmas. I don't. Yeah, don't drink it till Thanksgiving. I, I don't do. drink it till 2030. <laughs> it's got to age. Yes, I do that. I, it's like, but I put something, a note on there, and he seems to, on the on the spirits, and he, he uh, ignores it. He's like, no! He's, spirits drink it, not me. Uh-huh. There's a lot of alcoholic ghosts out there. Yeah. <laughs> They're framing me. Mm-hmm. I know better. It's I like, know who you are. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Christmas ghost of past and present and future. No. It's Johnny Walker, Jim Bean, Jack like Daniels. Daniels. She, puts, she keeps it downstairs, and it, it, the evaporation rate down there is incredible. Right, you're all capped. Mm, yeah, I mean, you know. I blame the cats. Right. <laughs> he's telling me ghost dog. The ghosts are drinking it, but he's also telling me the ghost dog need refreshment. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I mean, they, uh, they they inhale it, so the, um, you know, the fumes of it, and it kind of goes in their little ghost noses, and it gets gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen it when I went down, when I go down there to clean, clean the cat litter. Yes, I'm sure you do. Next time, video it. I should. You should. Mm-hmm. I will proof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But I'm going to tell you one thing, though. Civil War ghosts are strewed across our country from Pennsylvania to Antietam, Maryland, Vicksburg, Mississippi, Petersburg, Virginia, Manassas, Virginia. Shiloh, Tennessee, Perryville, Kentucky. They're all ghosts. Well, yeah, so they die of a very traumatic event. Of course they're going to hang around. And yeah. they were probably weren't buried properly or, just, you know, they weren't disposed of properly, so. Hmm. And you know what just made me think is that um, before trench warfare in the United States was trench warfare in World War One, where more people died over there just from basically the same thing except for they used uh, chemical warfare for the first time and um, armored vehicles for the first time them big luggy tanks and uh, well some of them battlefields were huge compared to here in uh, America do you know the worst of it is, is I look at things like that, and I guess coming from a previous, uh, a former military life, if I was ever left in a conflict, I did not want to be left behind. That is the most frightening thing. Yeah. I mean, to be buried and forgotten. Well, I mean, a lot of the times the buried and forgotten were dead, so you would you wouldn't know any better anyways. Yeah. Unless you were half half well, alive. But I mean, in World War One in them trenches, I mean those were those were some long and deep trenches that uh, you know, 
a lot of people died in, in all nations, German and French, obviously uh, British and English. Um, but those were the French first trench wars, and they were they were horrible, especially with the uh, the gas that was um, used to uh, burn your insides out rather than just being shot by death. I think I'd rather suffer being shot than having to suffer from gas. Yeah. Mustard gas and... Do you know what the outcome of this battle was in an after-actions report? Because of poor communication, neither side was at its best in this 1862 conflict. But it's important because it stopped the Confederacy the Confederacy's move to recapture lost territory. It, um... I mean, the Kentucky, the Confederates wanted to regain Kentucky, and they just couldn't do it. They were outnumbered, weren't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt defeated, too, being in the military, and then... Especially after the the boondockle of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I actually felt a sense of loss there. Really? Anyway, um, I, I just feel that these souls, these spirits, there's got to be some sort of like continual loop that they walk on through. Yeah. Like, like a, like a, um, yeah, video loop just over and over and over, just loops over and over. Man, what a horrible movie to be produced in. <laughs> Serious. Serious stuff. I don't know. I mean, all I could tell you is that uh, the sacrifices made on our own continent throughout this, it was a tumultuous war. I mean, ironically enough, Paige, you're from Louisiana. I'm originally from New York. Mm-hmm. We fought, our ancestors fought on opposite sides. Yes, they did. My grand-grandfather was in the New York Zivois unit where he had those flamboyant uniforms, red pants. Oh, boy. Yeah, he was a snappy dresser. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why they gave them a fez, I have no idea. It's not the most tactical thing to go into battle with. No. (laughs) (laughs) He survived. Yeah, my family's dirt poor little Cajun Kunas is down in Louisiana. (laughs) Yes, I saw Southern Comfort. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. I need to go find that book that you read about my ethnic background. Tell my ancestors. Do you tell? I have a book sometime. I need to go find it and let you read it. If she does tell, she'll, we'll be here for an hour or two. <laughs> no, when you're sitting there and you got to watch that, I'm like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> Let's save that for the History Channel. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard about Cajuns, I was in the military. I was like, we had what? <laughs> You mean, he's a crawfish. 
Well, fire. you meet a lot of different people when you go in the military, though. I know. It's just like, this guy says, I'm Cajun. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> That's a made-up thing. No, it's not. <laughs> I found that out. And then I was in a night's meeting where we were discussing guilt and Catholic mothers. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I have an Irish Catholic mother. And then one was talking about his Italian mother. Then this guy from Louisiana is like, I got you both beat. <laughs> Driving a French Catholic mother. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> But I wanted to pay homage to those Confederate soldiers and those Union soldiers in Perryville. Hopefully one day they'll find peace. Let's hope. And until they do, we will talk about them. And I will light a candle for them when I go to Mass. And hopefully that, you know, the, um, the brave men and leaders of those of the of that war their statues won't be tore down like they were here in Richmond which is no. oh, sorry sorry did not mean to I we emphasize no politics no, it's not politics it's just statues being statues which, history. Is a, which was a political move an illegal move especially from our mayor in Richmond but, uh, we don't talk about we don't we do not talk about the mayor of Richmond, okay? Yeah, because he is not a pleasant subject. Well, I just want to say thank you again, and hopefully you guys enjoyed this program as much as we did bringing it to you. So, again, listeners out there, feel free to go comment on our websites. Thank Facts, you. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and there's also Patreon. So if you want to keep us um, drinking, hit us up on Patreon. Bye. 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 So what are we going to title this one? <laughs>